Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're staying safe and keeping well. And we are back once again to review the SWPL action from the weekend just past. And to help me do that, I'm joined by my good friend, Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing, my friend? I'm surviving, so I suppose that's the main thing. But um, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, okay, sometimes it's okay to be okay. And Destiny's Child Survivor is a, a banger of a tune, so, you know... I've now got that in my head because you've said that and we're going to continue the pod like this. Anyway, let's get straight into the action from this weekend. We're going to review the SWPL1, SWPL2 action, and we'll do a little bit of a preview ahead of Scotland's games against Hungary and Faroe Islands in the opening of the World Cup qualifiers. But we've also got a couple of things uh, up our sleeves for those games as well. So we'll tell a little bit of them later on. But let's start with um, game of the weekend. I think it's probably fair to say Campbell and SWPL1, Celtic against Glasgow City, game live on BBC Alba. And I was at the Excelsior Stadium for this one. And I think it was the most game of two halves game I've ever been at in my entire life. Because for the first half, Glasgow City dominated it. And then the second half, Celtic dominated it. And we ended up with a 2-2 draw. Let's talk about the result of the game, first of all, in general. Do you think that's a fair assessment of, of that, that game in terms of how it panned out? What I've seen of it, yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I was late in finding out about a lot of the games with a busy weekend, but um, it was a strange one where you look at it in City and the first half were really on top, like you'd said, and they had so many chances, kind of similar actually to their, their Champions League game midweek where they, they played really well, but um, haven't quite capitalised on it as much as they should do, and then in the second half, completely switched off and Celtic to their credit, come back and, and really changed the game, and the two substitutes obviously um, made a big, big difference there, but 2-0 down against the champions to come back and get a point. I think Celtic will definitely be the more happier of the two sides, but it was an entertaining game, I think, for, for one that you're um, you're hoping to get when the, when the top sides in the league play against each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought in the... It was a very kind of KG stereotypical thing to say, kind of feeling each other out first 15 minutes, but then Glasgow City, I think, had the better, better open chances. I think Warren Davison had a, a couple of opportunities and then... 31 minutes in the clock, uh, a short corner. I know people are on the fence about short corners. Some people love them. Some people think they're terrible. I, I mean, I think I'm generally more of the terrible camp, to be honest with you. But this one wasn't because uh, Priscilla Chinchia takes a quick uh, corner, passes the ball out to Claire Shine, who leaves Charlie Wellings for dead, to be honest with you. Kind of gets unchallenged into the box and draws a load shot into the near post. I think Chloe Logan will probably be a little bit disappointed it's got by her that post, but Fair, fair play to Claire Shine. She she took the ball, ran with it, and then I think she's decided that's where she's going to hit it. And to be fair, the hit she had for it, it was a, a really good strike to put City 1-0 up. Yeah, I mean, she's connected well with it, but I mean, they touched on the highlight show tonight where Charlie Wellens obviously is not a defender, and you can see that. It's just so easily taking the, the ball. Claire Shine so easily goes by her, and then unless it's a good strike, it's a good finish, but it's like, okay, well, you don't want to be getting beat at your front post, and, and Chloe Logan has done this. She won't be happy with it, of course, but um, but no, it's, it's well worked from Clay Shine herself in the first place. And like you say, you don't often see uh, short corners come to much. So the fact that in this case it did do um, is certainly a, a good thing for City. And obviously it's at that point, um, to get themselves in the lead, it's, it's always important to get the first goal in these games, especially when they then go two and it up so soon after. So from that point of view, we'll be disappointed that they've thrown it away. But the goal itself, um, well taken from a, from a City point of view, but I think Celtic will be disappointed with it. Yeah, I think I think obviously once once Claire's passed uh, at Charlie Williams, I think the the disappointment for Celtic will be that how far she was able to come with the ball to kind of make the decision to have that have that shot, um, and kind of from there to be honest with you, Glasgow City 
kind of dominated for the rest of the half. I mean, as I said, they were dominating beforehand as well when they got their second goal. Um, good work by Odie Fulitadulu. Uh, Muscle and Chloe Warrington, it was just like a shoulder to shoulder and Odie had the strength to get by her. Cut the ball back, looked like Lauren had maybe missed her chance, but to be fair, she'd snatched it a couple of ones earlier in the game and this time she kind of took the touch. And again, Chloe, got a, Chloe Logan got a hand on it. it. Whether that could have been kept out, I, I don't know, but... Uh, a, a good a good start for Glasgow City in terms of going into the break 2-0 up and to be honest with you at half time you, you just didn't see the result coming out any other way than a Glasgow City win Yeah I mean again from for City point of view they'll be really pleased with the goal but Celtic won't it's, it's a poor one to concede but like you say they're at 2 nothing up you'd expect them to go on and, and stay in control of the game and, and sometimes it's, it's it's different that way obviously when you're, you're kind of in your head and especially how easy it was for City in the first half it's in their head to think right well it's our game to go on and win now. So then Celtic have made the two changes, like we said earlier on, and the two of the players that have come on, eh, Shane and then eh, Olivia Chantico, sort of made such a change to the game and combined really well for the two goals. And in the end, Celtic deserved at the very least a point out of it, but Glasgow City were really disappointed that they couldn't keep those same performance levels up for the second 45 minutes. Again, like we said, like it wasn't Wednesday afternoon. It's, it's something that will worry Grant Scott a wee bit that in these big games, when they're getting in front, they're not quite seeing it out. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the second half. And you mentioned the two changes. I mean, uh, Fran Alonso was motioning to bring on uh, Shen Mingyu before uh, half time. She was stripped and ready to come on. I think he maybe had a, a change of heart. But yeah, I thought um, the introduction. I mean, the problem the problem that Celtic had in the the first half was they couldn't get the ball to stick up top. There was a lot of kind of over the top that wasn't wasn't sticking, and then they couldn't really release the pressure. And City were just kind of coming back at them. But the introduction of Shen and Olivia Chance uh, to to the new signings. Really changed the game now. I know Olivia Chance got the two goals, but Shen was really impressive for me when she came on. Um, she she kind of took the game to Glasgow City, which maybe what nobody else was really doing in the first half for Celtic. Um, and then kind of by doing that, she created the first opportunity, got in the end of a, a through ball. I know that the Glasgow City defence had their arms up. It looked a tight one. It's kind of kind of hard to tell with the we don't have the the multitude of camera angles that uh, big broadcasters do to cover the rest of BPL quite yet. Um, but yeah, she broke the offside that, and to be fair, City kind of stopped a little bit, which probably shouldn't have done. Um, yeah, and she kind of broke into the box and got the ball back to uh, the ball. Eventually, found its way to Olivia Chance, who actually put it away really well from the edge. Yeah, I like a, a pass. I like a pass finish from range, and that's that's that goes into the corner past Lee Alexander. Yeah, it didn't even look like she connected really well with the ball. Lee Alexander was just really slow in getting down to it. But when it's in the corner like that, you're always giving yourself uh, the chance, and it's. No pun intended, um, but it was it was a good finish, like you said. And from that point on, you always had the feeling Celtic were going to come back into it. And obviously, it wasn't too long later when they got their next goal. Again, there's a the hint of offside, but I mean, you look at it, Julia Mullen, is, she's been too deep compared to the rest of them. They've all stepped up. She's not. She did play her onside. But there again, it's it's just that bit of luck there where City seem to stop. Celtic are the ones that have played on. And again, they've worked out with a, a very good goal there. And the two players combining, um, you listen to their interview tonight as well, where again, she's seen. Don't speak the same language, but there's still that connection there, and it's that's all you need sometimes. And it'll be interesting to see whether Fran Alonso decides to stick with that and can play, play the same player again from the start in some of the upcoming games because if there's something there, then that's certainly something he'll look at. But they'll be pleased, Celtic, just say coming back for 2 0 down to get a point. It's, it certainly will feel more like a win to them. Um, and Glasgow City will be the disappointed team, but an entertaining game between the top two, the top two from, from last season and very potentially the same top two again this year. Yeah, I did. I think it was a good uh, back and forth. I mean, I, I thought I think the thing for City as well is that for both goals, it, it looked like they'd recovered the situation for the first one. Clearly, she managed to stop uh, Shen, but 
she managed to work the ball back to the edge of the area. And I think the same thing happened with the with the second one as well. But yeah, I mean, I know I said it already, but I thought, yeah, I thought that she was really good. And I'll be surprised if she doesn't start next time. She just seemed to offer that directness that was, you know, you kind of got from like the likes of Sarah Ewan's last season for Celtic. She seemed to have that, have that about her. City had a couple of chances toward the clear shine with a with a, a header that um, you could see what she was trying to steer it into the top corner. She just was off target with it. And then the chance for the cutback, which I know she'll, she'll be disappointed as well. But I think on the balance of play over the two halves, I think 2-2 was a, I think it's probably a fair, fair result. I think City will probably feel like they had the better of the chances and, and maybe should have won it. But you never can discount Celtic in these in these games and they prove it once again, coming back from 2-0 down. And uh, yeah, a wee, a wee shout for the 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 Shane Mingyu fan club because it was a good 20, 25 uh, fans there, I think, um, with, the, with the China flag and they were doing a bit of chanting, which you don't hear a lot of at SWPL games. Um, so yeah, it was a nice wee add-on to the atmosphere. But yeah, talk to the sides from last season, drawn uh, 2-2. And yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go on from that one and we'll go to the team that finished third uh, last season who are starting the rest of the WPL campaign after the COVID postponement last week against Martin Thistle and that was Rangers who were playing Hamilton Ackies in the BBC Sport Online game. And Campbell, I don't think there's tons to say about this game, but I think one of the things we definitely can say is Jane Ross is going to score a lot of goals in the SWPL this season. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a player that certainly a few people would have picked out as being able to do it. And again, she's come in and Rangers are just simply showing their class on Sunday, like we'd said last year when it comes to the teams at the bottom end of the table. Rangers seem to win these games, but it's going to come down to when they play the likes of City and Celtic, who have already mentioned again this season, they're showing that they can do it in the big game. So Rangers will be pleased, though, to obviously have the late start to the campaign for them. But there's some really good goals that have scored them against Hamilton there. And, and, Kind of a little bit too hard on Hamilton, I think, when you see just how strong Rangers were there. So it was, it was a good win, though, to start off the campaign and, and they look to build on that um, in the next few weeks as well. But like we say, it's, it's when it comes to these big games, that's where we're really going to see have Rangers improved at all from last season. Yeah, I mean, they they were 3-0 up inside 20 minutes and that kind of set the... I mean, that was one of the reasons why the, I chose the Celtic-Glasgow City game as opposed to the Hamilton Rangers is because even though I'd seen City quite a bit already this season, that... That was a game that I knew would be competitive for this one. I think Gary Doctor said it in his post-match as well. She's like, this is a different speed to what Hamilton have been playing at for the last couple of seasons. And they have Rangers still have very good players, but it is, is about the results against big teams. Um, I think Demi Vance coming back as well is, is a big a big boost for Rangers. And I think it's probably worth noting as well that Hamilton were kind of shy a keeper. Uh, they had to get Lisa Kerr to kind of uh, step her in goal, uh, which is maybe why she had a, a Sarah Ranger on because it was kind of a bit last minute uh, because of injury. But yeah, I think for Hamilton will be a case of they will, they won't be looking at this game and thinking this is one that they were expecting to get points from. And for Rangers, it was just very much kind of getting the job done. And I think you're looking ahead now to these games that are coming up against uh, Hibs and uh, Glasgow City in the next coming weeks as a kind of their marker. But it's, a, it's impressive outing for Rangers at the end of the day, Campbell, and that's, that's kind of what they have to do because I think there are people who who have taken an interest in the women's team uh, for Rangers that are probably a little bit disappointed with how last season panned out. Yeah, I mean, they were always picked the Rangers, but ourselves included, and quite a lot of folk last year to be a team that people would fancy to go on and win the league, but it was just when it came to the big games, that's where the problems came from. And again, this is the perfect example of them for last season where they're playing against one of these teams in the bottom end. And they're ruthless in the fact that they're scoring goals and they'll keep going to score. I mean, they could have a more as well. We've, we've touched about that myself earlier on. But 
to, to win 7-0 in your first game of the season, you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, and I'm sure the Rangers fans will be the same there. We've seen we've seen um, a good turnout at some of their games um, when they've played at Auckland Howie. And if these people keep turning up, they're going to want to see their side winning games. And if they can do that um, 7-0 each week, then I'm sure you'll get people turning up. So I'm excited to see how they go on because they have made some changes, obviously, and it's just a case of have, they know themselves where they've had to improve. Have they now managed to do it? And that's what's something that we're going to see, like you see in these games coming up. Um, against Hibs last year, they, they had the beating of Hibs, but um, there was games where the Hibs were close and they've improved as well. So they're another team that I think last year it was almost a case of, right, City Celtic Rangers will beat them, whereas now they're thinking, well, it's going to be tighter um, and there's a good chance that Hibs will cause them problems as well. So tough couple of games coming up. So that's why um, winning against Hamilton was certainly a, a must for Rangers. It's almost like you knew where we were going next, Campbell. So let's go from New Douglas Park into the Alliance. Alliance, I will call it the Alliance Arena, but that's Bayern Munich. Alliance <laughs> Park in Botherwell Hall um, for Motherwell against uh, Hibs. Because we've talked about Glasgow City, we've talked about Celtic, we've talked about Rangers, but it's Hibs who are top of the table with another comfortable victory. 4-0 away to Motherwell. Um, Rachel Boyle opening scoring with a free kick. I enjoyed the Martin Boyle, Rachel Boyle public uh, back and forth about whether it was a cross or not and um, that was that was quite the power uh, and then Kirsty Morrison getting a goal before half time before Carla Boyce and a return of Amy Muir uh, to wrap, wrap the points up Con- another convincing win for Hibs and it's, uh, it's been a really strong start to the season for them It has been I mean it's, it's a horrible place again to watch football and you see that on the TV tonight it's not great but um, Hibs have, have been winning these games again all season so far in the, in the Cup and and their first two league games, and it's, it's the games last year that you looked at and thought, well, they're maybe not going to struggle in, but they seem a bit more ruthless again this season, even though Dean's saying he's maybe a bit disappointed they only got the four goals, but they've taken them well and they're still fighting right to the end. Um, I mean, Rachel Boyle's goal, I think, she has meant it from there. Motherwell's defending was really, really sloppy, and a lot of places you see that, it was just kind of last gasp stuff, trying to get rid of the ball. Hibs was very, very professional about it, and it's, it's two wins, obviously, now to start the season. Um, after opening it last week with that comfortable win over Spartans as well. So we're seeing a more exciting Hibs and the fact seven goals um, without applying their first two league games as well as the fact they scored over 20, 24 um, in the three cup games. So we picked that out in the preview pod that they've scored goals, proven us right so far. And if they can keep doing that, then I'm sure their games against the sides that were above them last year will be a lot tighter than maybe you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, two clean sheets for them as well from those opening two games. And I think a wee, a wee nod as well, Shannon McGregor was in the match this squad. I don't think she's quite quite ready for game time, but they've also made some new signings. And I think I tweeted this out at the time, but she will be like a new signing because she's she's had a, a really tough time with injuries and other things over this last couple of years. And to see her back playing, she's still only 21. You think, you think Shannon's a little older than she, what she's been. Um, that could be a really big boost for Hibs kind of as they look to get into the meat of the season when the kind of cup and the, and the league start to take hold. Yeah, I mean, they, they did have a really thin squad last year and obviously you look at the signings that have come in, um, like say Shannon McGregor's one that will come back in and fuel like a new signing because she has been, she was almost an impressive player to watch when you saw her, but like say her, her luck when she's just been really horrific. So that was another positive for Hibs that on top of the fact they're winning games just now, they've got more players to come back in and they'll only improve in the coming weeks. Um, so I'm excited to see again how they got on against some of the sides above them eh, from last year because I think they will they will really challenge well this season and maybe not quite yet at the level to be um, in that top three, but I'm sure they'll certainly have a say in, in who finishes where above them. So you know, a good start of the season for Hibs and I'm sure they know hope that can continue for, for the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for Motherwell, I mean, they uh, signed Courtney White who'd scored a couple of goals for Queen's Park in the SWPL Cup. 
Um, and Paige McAllister's come in on loan uh, with a view to, well, she's going to sign permanently at the end of this season. But it's been a, a tough start for Motherwell, obviously playing Glasgow City and Hibs, two of the teams that are fancy to be at the top end of the table. But they'll be they'll be hoping, obviously, at the moment there's only one game in SWP I won this coming weekend because of the international break. Um, but they'll be keen to kind of get their first points on the board sooner rather than later. I mean, they will. It's been a lot of change, obviously, at Motherwell. Um over the sort of over the close season there, but I know they've had players missing for the first couple of weeks. But again, they've got a strong squad there that should be that should still be doing well at this level. And if not beaten, I know they've had two very tough games. I'm not saying they should be going and beating Glasgow City and, and Hibs, but they would hope to at least be closer than they would be having given away the ten goals in the first two games. So that will disappoint them. Um, they've got a few experienced heads that have come in, obviously, but. They're still just, they look a bit kind of scrappy and they're playing. I think there's something Paul will want to work on. He'll know himself what he's got to change there. And then we say some of the more experienced players will be able to help the younger ones through it too. But there's there's certainly a lot of improvement needed from Motherwell. I think once we see them against the sides around them on the table, that's when we'll know just quite what level they're at. But it's um, it's, it's not been a great start for them. No, but as, as we both said, uh, I think it'd be hard to get a great start when you're playing Glasgow City and Hibs, is a, as, as, especially the way Hibs have started the season. But yeah, I know Paul said in his post-match, he was disappointed to kind of the way that they lost the game. But um, yeah, results around the other teams around the bit will be important. And nice transition again to game number four in SWPL1, uh, where I started my Sunday. I decided to take in two uh, games on Sunday. I just wanted to go and watch a game of football and eat a pie, first of all, though. So I went up to Petersell Park to see Partick Thistle take on Aberdeen's Partick Thistle's maiden campaign in SWPL1. Um, against an Aberdeen side who were really competitive against Celtic. Um, I was kind of I was kind of messaging you on and off during this one. Uh, first half, not great. Um, I think um, Aberdeen. Obviously, we obviously know that Aberdeen do play try and play football. I think they've shown against Celtic and against Rangers this season already that they can kind of hold their own at that level playing the game. But I thought Barth Thistle did a really good job of kind of snuffing that out um, and kind of breaking up the play and it made things. It made things a bit rubbish in the first half. I was trying to think of it basically. Disjointed, I think, is a play with it. But um, yeah, halftime wasn't wasn't much of a spectacle. But uh, a weird a weird goal, uh, Campbell. I don't, I, I've kind of went through the highlights because uh, I was at the game. I've kind of I saw this one. So uh, a weird opening goal because uh, Aberdeen got a drop ball on the edge of the area, which was what was contested. And I think Thistle just maybe didn't quite react to it, but uh, ball got through to Eva Thompson and Eva put it away really well kind of in front of goal and Lauren McGregor didn't have much chance in that situation. Yeah, I mean, you can hear some of the players kind of complaining about drop, the drop balls being contested, but it's been so long since it have been now where it's now just given to. Yeah, Aberdeen had the ball in the edge of the box, so it was right that it was dropped there and Thistle certainly have just switched off and it's worked their way through again then complaining for offside for Eva Thompson, who it isn't, and then it's got all the time in the world to pick a spot, and it's, it's a very composed finish. It was, like you say, a very kind of strange goal, as if it was just given to them, but that'll disappoint them, Brian Graham and, and Ross Docker at Thistle, because they'll know it's, it's a goal they shouldn't really be conceding. Um, and then the second, obviously, they're pushing for the equaliser. They're caught on the break, um, and it's, it's a very good finish, obviously, for Maya Christie for a, for a first goal for Aberdeen. So Aberdeen will be pleased to get to the to get their first points on the board after coming up. Um, of course, they ran Celtic close last week, but again, Celtic, as we've seen, are that level above. So it was a strange game, this one, in that I mean, last year they had the dynamic of it was the two teams up the top end of the table. Aberdeen had the better of it for the most part, but obviously this was that, that big win um, at Glasgow Green to now being two sides who I think are going to be near the bottom end of the table. So it was interesting to see how it worked out there, but um, 
Thistle like Rangers having to wait the week, they were now disappointed that obviously wait they then went and lost a game that they'll have felt they would have had a chance of getting something in. But a professional performance from Aberdeen and one that maybe not great the way they played, but they're getting three points and they'll be, they'll be delighted with that. Yeah, it was funny because after after Aberdeen scored, I actually thought the the quality of the game improved exponentially. Um, part of this all came out and started to try and play a bit more football as well. They they brought in a couple of players. So I mean, London Pollard and Summer Christie both coming on loan from Celtic, and London Pollard was straight into the team to kind of lead the line to nick the name of our well known Scottish women's football podcast. But um, uh, yeah, but she she was kind of left a little bit on her own, but they managed to get some players around a better. Uh, interestingly enough, um, part of this all started with Rebecca McGowan as a trialist, uh, for, who's best known from playing for St. Johnston, the Scotland Under-19 International, and Jade Greenshield came on as well, another trialist from St. Johnston. Um, but I think the thing for Parfit Thistle was, a few rows in front of me as I was watching the game, was Claire Doherty, Emma Craig and Amy Bullock, and that's probably three players that were really part of the the push for them in terms of getting getting that into the position where they were promoted, obviously through the circumstances that they were, um, and that, that'll be three big misses for them. So, um, I'll be interested to see how how both sides settle into the new season. But I uh, I'm we'll, we'll talk about the last game in a wee second. But as a transition to that, because we'll talk about the team that's currently kind of amongst the, the weeds at the bottom, is um, I'm I'm really in, I think that this league actually this season. Now I've watched a couple of game weeks. I've seen like most of the teams in one way or another. Um, I think this league this season could be really competitive, top to bottom, and I think that is exciting. And I think that's the benefit of having a title race at the top and actually having some jeopardy at the bottom with the relegation places back. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it obviously in previous years, it's kind of been, it was struggling for from you with the two at the bottom end and then last year with no relegation, it was, there was kind of nothing to play for, whereas now you've got more teams that are more evenly matched with the, with the expanded league. And like you say, there's now the chance that they're going to get relegated. There's teams have got a lot more to fight for. Um, the top three, again, should be that bit um, that bit stronger. But the likes of Hibs, we've seen improvements in too, and they'll, they'll expect to take points off of these teams as well when they can. So overall, I think the league does look it does look pretty exciting. Um, i say some of the teams at the bottom have not had the greatest of starts with, with the opponents they've been playing against. But when it comes to playing each other, it will be interesting to see who then comes out on top in these games because they are ultimately going to be the ones to, to decide who's going to be in these relegation spots. So I'm looking forward to the season and we'll see how it progresses, of course, um, after the international break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing, uh, the thing with it as well this season, as well as the automatic place for tenth, ninth place goes into a playoff with the second, second place in SWPL two. As it stands, we know there's it's been a bit of a movable feast at SWPL two level um, for the last couple of seasons. But yeah, um, and let's move on to the team that's currently sitting in that playoff place. There you go. That's the reason why I said that, uh, which is Hearts, who were playing the Edinburgh Rivals Spartans at Ainsley Park, um, and they took the lead. Um, the it was a, a free kick from Claire Delworth. That did or didn't go over the line. I, I don't know how we can tell. Campbell, like I, I know you I know we we'd like to slow down slow things down at quarter speed and try and see if we can figure it out, but it's really hard to tell. We you can't really tell from that angle at all, can you? No, you can't. I mean, first looking at it, I didn't think it was in, but there seems to be no real complaints from, from the Spartans defenders there. So I mean that suggests to me that it's it went over the line, but um, with just the one camera angle, it's kind of tough to really tell anything. So ultimately, it was given, and perhaps they go in the lead there, they'll, they'll hope to go and build on that. But instead of went kind of fell apart really after that, and conceded three goals that three sloppy goals as well. Really, it's, it's poor defending from them. You're, you're seeing some improvement from Hearts um, towards the end of last season, the start of this, but when they're scoring more goals now, but it's still the same same problems at the back, and and, it's, and Spartans are a team that. 
like we said, they're at that level that I actually want to aspire to be at um, in the coming seasons, but ultimately just too strong for them. And it's, it's good for Spartans to get um, to get back to a win as well after obviously the, the disappointing result away at Hibs last weekend. So um, it was kind of the way we expected the game to go, I think, but again, one that didn't look too much of a classic in Ainsley Park. Yeah, so after Hearts went up just after half-time, um, you're, you're right, Spartans seemed to ignite, and Becky Galbraith, who was a very frustrated figure against Hibs last week, uh, got on the score sheet for our first league goal of the season, and then Cat Smart, who I think is an integral part, added the second before. I a, a pretty good... I mean, yeah, the Cat Smart goal would be weird, because I, I don't... Again, one angle, you're not quite sure exactly where the ball landed and the trajectories and things like that, because uh, it looked like a good finish, but you don't know positioning-wise, maybe where, where Charlotte Parker-Smith was for that one. And then um, Alana Marshall with, with the third to make it 3-1. As you say, a, a good result for Spartans, and uh, it kind of gets him off the mark. But I think Spartans will, from from what we've seen of Spartans so far, it feels like the teams below them are the teams that they will beat, or I mean, Aki's rid them to each in the SWPL Cup. But it does feel like maybe they are in the Hibs position this season of maybe just being that wee bit below the, the four above them this this campaign potentially Spartans are a weird one I mean they're they're obviously going to be in that stage where you don't think they'll be quite relegation candidates they're not going to challenge the teams at the top for for European spots or anything either but I have a feeling that they could maybe they'll get dragged into a battle but they'll be that wee bit lower down maybe this season than they have been before I mean that's just a feeling I could be totally wrong and of course they'll go and win the next 10 games be top of the league or something but um, there's that difference I think you just said Hibs last year where the team chasing they've certainly improved and I think are, are now going to be definitely above Spartans um, whereas Spartans again are still just sitting at that sort of mid-table point and I think Aberdeen are a team that we've picked out as one that could potentially challenge for it and if they finish above Spartans it's one that again you wouldn't be surprised either way there what happens so there'll be a mid-table team I think Spartans it's, that's one thing that's is always pretty much safe to say in SWPL1 but I don't think it'll be a gimme that they will beat the teams just below them. As we've seen some improvements from them, and obviously mentioned the Hamilton result there um, in the SWPL Cup as well. So it's, it's just another part of the season that we don't really know what's going to happen. And um, hopefully there's plenty of entertainment for uh, in that battle between all the sides from your sort of mid-table to the bottom end. Yeah, uh, but as it is, I, I want to get spotters off the mark this season. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, because it's international break, there were fixtures scheduled that seemed in retrospect and maybe a bit of a mistake because four of the five SWPL1 games have been called off um, with only Aberdeen at home to Hamilton Ackies uh, remaining. So if you are in the Balmoral Park, Balmoral Stadium, yeah, not Balmoral Park, so we're completely different. The Balmoral Stadium area, they uh, might not get along to that game. But let's move from SWPL1 to SWPL2. Um, and let's start with uh, probably, I think, the pick of the games on Sunday, which was Kamarnik against Dundee United. I think two teams that we've said are expecting to be at the top end of the table this season. And they obviously played not that long ago in the SWPL Cup. Dundee United win 4-2. And really this game was kind of said and done after the opening stages. Dundee United scoring three very quick goals. And then from there, it was pretty difficult for Kamara to come back into it. It was. I mean, it was one that... You saw from the previous game that United are maybe just that wee level above Kilmarnock, but again, Kelly are not too far behind that they will cause them problems. They have done before, they've done it again on Sunday, but United, um, I mean, Harry's obviously mentioned a few times just how early United are scoring goals. And again, the fact they've done that here with a 3 nothing up in 11 minutes, it, it kills it right away. Kilmarnock have had a game plan there to be suddenly behind and kind of out, out of the game already. It's tough to then play against that. So 
I'm disappointed with that. I mean, the manner of the goals they gave away were sloppy. The first one against another one, we've only got the one angle, so I can't quite tell if it's in or not, but from the United claims it must have been. Um, and then the next two, are, they're well-taking goals, but again, from Commandant's point of view, they've just given United the ball far too easily. And then when you're playing the team that you've seen in previous weeks, what they can do to you when we've got these players up front that will score goals for them constantly. You don't want to give them the chance. And unfortunately, they have done that. Um, got themselves a very good goal back from Shirley Campbell, but just too little too late by that point. And they'll be disappointed with the start to the season, Kilmarnock. You've half had two tough games against an improving Glasgow women's side and, and United, who are also the favourites for the league. So they'll improve in the previous coming weeks, Kilmarnock. I'm sure it won't be long um, until, until they pick up points. But from a United point of view, they'll be delighted. And obviously, one of three teams with 100% record. And I think that's all they can really ask for at this stage in the season. Yeah, I think it's a good point you make around the second two chances at United, um, second two goals from Robin Smith and, and Danny McGinley because we've talked about the fact that they have people that put the ball in the back of the net and uh, we slip up at SWPL2 level. Both these players have had success. They were part of this uh, heart side that won promotion back in 2019 and they have scored goals at this level for, for fun for quite a long time. So, yeah, I think those slip up in opportunities. And yeah, for Kelly, it's I just getting that first point on the board but um, yeah a good win for Dundee United and let's move on to one of the teams you have mentioned that is a team with uh, a league with three teams on maximum points from two games so let's go from Ayrshire where would, where would we go let's let's go to Edinburgh let's go to the Megaland uh, where Burnham Thistle who obviously this week announced that they will have a partnership with Edinburgh University going forward uh, which will see players have the opportunity to study and play and vice versa I also obviously kind of put out a and I'd like to say that there are opportunities for like an under-23 SWPL goalkeeper as well. So um, big things changing at Barramia Thistle. And we've talked about, before we talk about the game, actually, Campbell, we've talked about that that purple pathway, the likes of Tegan Browning, who's now at Hearts, Addy Hanley, who went to Hibs, is now, now left Hibs again, and I'm sure we'll pop up somewhere soon. Um, but they have that player pathway, and that this this kind of move for Barramia seems to reinforce that for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, some of these likes, you're never really sure what they're going to provide. We've seen with universities before, it's probably not quite worked. But um, but like you mentioned, obviously, you they've got that pathway themselves. It really works well. And I think just having this extra opportunity to, to kind of work on that and improve it, I think is something that um, we'll see work well in the future. They'll, they'll certainly know what they're doing. And it's if it works well for them, like you'd anticipate, then it's only going to be good for the first team, obviously. And they've made a great start to the season with, with their two wins. And it's, they were a team that, again, we'd picked out last year as being one who, who had some kind of exciting young talents, but they've added to that with experience and, and players there that are going to put the ball in the net. And obviously, Sammy Duncan's one who's done it twice at the weekend there. So there's quite to be positive about um, for Boromir. And if their first team can continue doing it, and then they've got the youngsters coming through as well, then they should have a bright future in the coming seasons. Yeah, they so um, Edinburgh side, they travelled through to Glasgow to play Queen's Park at Nether Craigs. And uh, yeah, took the lead through Sammy Duncan. Capitalising on a bit of a mistake in the defence to, to slot the ball home, and then Queen's Park got back into it and own goal from Ophelia Buller, um, which I don't think I've seen. I don't think I've seen it yet, no. Um, so there is, we, we've seen most of the SWPL two goals, we haven't seen them all because um, they haven't gone out quite yet. Uh, and then Burnham are coming back again, and uh, obviously beaten for St John's Foreman last week, and Sammy Duncan did a second goal. This one, she had a little bit more to do, but uh, Sammy clung to the goal in both opportunities and she took them well. 
So that have been again the defending from Queen's Park is very, very poor, but you've got to put the chances away in two very similar finishes actually for Sammy Duncan. Obviously, her goal last week was from close in, but this time she's got a bit more work to do. But again, it's, it's just been really composed and put the two goals away well. And it's it's a good win for Boromir. Obviously, Queen's Park beating them um in the in the, the SWPL Cup, sorry. They went to that game and thought, right, well, we know what we need to improve on. They've done that and they've won it 2-1 there, as we said, and it's, it's a very good win to keep up their early um, 100% records to the season. Um, in terms of goals, obviously, as you say, we've seen them, but we've not seen the, the Queen's Park goal. Um, and Glasgow women and Boromir both do that where they'll post their own goals, and that's great. That means we can see them, but it'd be even better if we could see the other goals as well. Just a wee thing there, of course, but... On the park, it's, it's six points from six and it's the perfect start to the season for a team that last year was kind of near that bottom end. And obviously with, with less sides in the league this year, it's, it's going to be different. Teams will have more aspirations of finishing higher up the league, but it's a very good start for Boromir and a good win away to an improving Queen's Park side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a good point to go into the last game because obviously Boromir and Glasgow girls and Glasgow girls, geez, oh, it's 2018 again. <laughs> Boromir and Glasgow women obviously want to get out the goals that they've scored, but Converse, it'd be good if there was, I don't know, like a pack. One of the teams put a package out for the whole game, or they, they all show their own goals. But um, I think I prefer the package for the whole game, but that's by the by. Um, but yeah, a good result for Birmingham. And yeah, I think Queen's Park will be, it's, 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 it's still very early to tell on SWPL2. There's still a lot of players moving about just now um, in that regard. But let's talk about Glasgow women, not Glasgow girls any longer, Glasgow women, um, who travelled up to Perth to take on St. Johnson. Uh, St. Johnson signed Fiona Cully on loan. Um, from Hamilton Ackies for the, the remainder of the season. Um, and sounds like it's a pretty good game up in Perth. Um, I think most people, given what had happened with, with Saints over the last couple of weeks, were expecting a, a Glasgow girl. Because it says Glasgow girls and women on the SWPL website. It's a total Glasgow women uh, expecting a Glasgow women victory. But seems like they made to work for it. But Sophie McGoldrick, one of the signs they made uh, from Queen's Park, um, kind of leading off of the front foot with a double. Yeah, I mean, again, we've seen the Glasgow women goals for this game. Okay? Every single one of them, all three goals are fantastic finishes. You look at them and you think, no, maybe not going to put that away for there. But, I mean, Sophie McGoldrick's first one, she's a great bit of pace to get in behind the defence. And then for that angle, it's kind of, you have to, you've always got to look for that far post. There's, there's not going to be much of a gap there, but she's put it's a great strike into the far corner. Um, and so it's a third one as well, taking it early, which will catch keep it by surprise. Not quite set yet. And two very good goals when you're scoring two early on in your career at a new club that's certainly the best way to start it so again another team that last year were started fairly well and had had that, that spell where they just sort of fell away towards the end of last season but again two wins from two they'll be delighted with that and like we say three very good goals as well so all in all a positive start for Glasgow women Yeah I mean they, they obviously had to kind of they, they were never behind in the game but they had to Clock back, um, so from Goldrick get the opener for Hannah Coiler, equalised five minutes later, and then Lucy Ronald, um, obviously on loan from Hibs as well this season. But I know he's very, a very big Glasgow women advocate as well, and be, obviously I know she said she doesn't score many, so she's particularly pleased with that one. Uh, before uh, Hannah Curry moved on goal, and then as you as you mentioned, another great finish from Sophie McGoldrick, and uh, yeah, a good win. And, it's interesting to see SWPL2 split like that in terms of like three teams and six points, four teams are yet to get off the mark. Obviously, Stirling and Avery played one game so far, but I'd be very surprised if that's how the season pans out over the, the coming weeks. Yeah, I think when some of the teams come up against each other is where you'll see them taking more points off. I mean, Comano, like we said, I've, I've been the unfortunate team that have played uh, two of these sides that have won both games so far. Um, St Johnston as well. They'll all improve. St Johnston have had a tough start, we know that. 
um, with, all the, with the players missing and players not coming in and what have you and it's such a small squad and kind of the last decision last minute decision to actually play the league campaign would have come on like I've just had some some tough ties it's, the goals have given away is something they look to improve on because usually they're, they're pretty solid defensively but um, yeah teams will do well against each other Stirling Union another one that again struggled at the bottom but we've seen improvements for them and You've got to fancy these teams will all do well against each other. Dundee United, as we said, the ones the ones to beat. But um, we know with the attitude of some folk there, it's kind of we're not we're not going to be favourites. We need to make sure that we're, we're um, putting hundred percent in every game. So it's going to be an exciting season there as well, and, and hopefully we'll get a closer campaign than we did last year when, when Aberdeen ran away with the league. Yeah, absolutely, and I think obviously with the international break coming, there's a chance for a bit of focus in SWPL too. I think we're both looking to go to SWPL2 games uh, this coming weekend. Permitting. I'm just trying to work things out around the Dundee Derby, and luckily <laughs> enough, Dundee United uh, and Queen's Park are playing, so I mean to get to another team as well. Um, I'm excited to see Queen's Park too, because like, you know, we caught them towards the end of last season and they went awful again, but we're losing players at the end of it. We're like, well, who have we got here? But um, some of the signings they brought in, I've certainly have made them get a stronger squad now, and, and hopefully they can they can um, give United a challenge on Sunday once I, I leave Tannadice. <laughs> yeah, so Dundee United are home to Queen's Park, uh, Kilmarnock home to Stirling University, and Birmingham are home to Glasgow Glasgow Women, which is a game that I'm eyeing up at the moment, but not confirmed yet, because I'm working on the Saturday and I don't know why that deal pan out. Um, but yeah, so Birmingham are home to Glasgow Women. But yeah, we chance to get to SWPL, SWPL2 games if you usually go to an SWPL1 game. But the reason why that's an option is because the Scotland national team are playing. There we go. Third seamless transition of the podcast. Amazing. Um, the Scotland national team are starting a World Cup qualifier qualifying campaign on Friday night against Hungary in Hungary before playing uh, Fairway Islands at Hamden on Tuesday night. Uh, Pedro Martina Lothar's first campaign as Scotland manager. Um, a couple of a couple of curveballs thrown at him. I think we spoke about Kim already, but this in terms of this week. Um, Caroline Weir, Lucy Graham and Kirsty Smith all having to drop out the squad uh, and have come uh, Lizzie Arnott Rachel Boyle and Lauren Davidson there you go, got there um, got there in the end um, but that's, particularly in the midfield area that's that's a bit of a hole to, to fill with, with some of the players that maybe haven't played as much for Scotland recently it's not a great start for Pedro, obviously, but I mean, Hungary and, and the Faroe Islands, are, we all respect them, are, are nations that Scotland should be looking to beat. And even though there's some really important players missing, Caroline Weir in particular, who's always one that we pick as a real standout for Scotland, um, there should still be enough quality to there come through them. Um, Lauren Davidson's inclusion was one that at the time I hadn't seen coming, in all honesty, but then you look at her performance on Sunday and she was a real focal point for City and then obviously getting herself that second goal. So she's clearly done enough to earn that and it'll be interesting to see how many of these SWPL players are getting in where you've got some of the WSL players out missing. So it's an exciting time to come to Scotland with a new era that took so long to get started with the point of a manager, but we've got one now, um, an experienced one in Pedro and it's hopefully we get off to the perfect start on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, expectation on Friday night. Um, so let's, let's introduce you now. There will be a preview podcast um, for the Hungary game um, with Sophie Lawson, who is uh, a very well-travelled uh, football uh, women's football journalist and knows a, a fair deal. So me and her had got our heads together to find out as much as we could about Hungary and in the English language, which was a challenge, but we've got a podcast out of it, so have we listened to that? But one of the things we talked about is whether the expectation should be six points from these two games, Campbell, and I think if we're qualifying for the World Cup, it has to be. It does, I mean, with the right tough group for the Euros there and the games we had to win, we didn't. 
Um, and that was the real frustrating part. It was some games where we'd actually had so many chances and then we went and lost them. I mean, obviously the Finland game goes back to mind where the balls literally burst the girl's nose and ended up in the net. It just kind of summed up the way things were going. So um, we got to win these games, like you say, and hopefully we can get a good crowd in at Hamden as well on, on Tuesday. And I think if we can, we can get a win on Friday night, that would certainly be a good way to do that. Cheap ticket prices as well. And the fact you're playing at the National Stadium again, rather than maybe having to go to some smaller venues, should hopefully get uh, get the crowd out and hopefully can spur them on to, to two Scotland wins as well. Yeah, I think you make a good point about the result on Friday being a, a really good way to set the bar for the for the coming campaign because, as you mentioned, the, the end of the last one wasn't, wasn't our favourite time as uh, Scotland fans, let's be fair. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think a, a positive result in Hungary. I mean, Hungary haven't uh, tore up any trees in the last two qualifying campaigns, victories over Latvia, um, and a point against Slovakia are markers that Scotland should be looking to get by. So, yeah, uh, hopeful for that. But, yeah, have a wee listen out for the Hungary podcast, uh, which will be coming out later this week. Um, and we're working on something for the Faroe Islands. It's just uh, making sure everything's lined up for it before uh, before it before I say it's definitely coming. But if it is coming, you'll see it coming. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to that one. And, obviously, if you can get down to the game in Hamden on Tuesday night, uh, it's £10 for adults, £5 for concessions, and free if you're a member of the Scotland Supporters Club. So, I mean, free football, free Scotland team at the National Stadium should be pretty sound. But um, I think that wraps up everything for this week, Campbell. So, Campbell, thank you very much as always for coming on, buddy. Yep, not a problem. And thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we will speak again soon.